Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. We have a very fun one today. Yes, I'm so excited for this it one. It feels like a long time coming. I know. We've sort of been circling around each other for like literally years. Yes, yes. But we finally got a chance to sit down and chat with Teresa Reed, the tarot lady. Yay! I'm so excited. We have reviewed several of her books on the podcast already and also a deck that she was a co-writer for. Um, so you, there's no way you haven't heard her name. But in case yeah. she's new to you, Teresa Reed, the tarot lady, uh, we talk about how she could also be called the astrology lady a little bit in this interview because yes. she's equally good at both. But she's the author of several books. She's writing her ninth book now. Uh, and she's just a fixture in the community. She has a great tarot podcast called Tarot Bites where she interviews tarot personalities and does other fun tarot stuff. And we just really, really loved getting the chance to sit down and chat with her. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Like literally a highlight in returning back, like out the gate, we interviewed yeah. her. And that was one of, like, one of the best things that I've ever experienced. So, yeah, it was just so, so much great. Fun. So this time we're mostly focusing on her book, Twist Your Fate, Manifest Success with Astrology and Tarot. But if you want to hear us talk more about other stuff, our podcast episodes about her books, Tarot for Troubled Times and Tarot No Questions Asked are still available on our feed as well. So go search those out if you want to hear more about other books. Um, but in the meantime, let's hear our wonderful chat with Teresa. Yes. Enjoy <laughs> the episode. Yay. And we love you. We love you so much. <laughs> So we have uh, discussed two of your books on the podcast before, but we've never gotten to do one that has so much astro content Yes, because we're trying to create, you know, strict boundaries. This is a tarot podcast, but this was so helpful. And I know, so, you know, Teresa, we talked about this on the podcast too. Teresa, I attended two of your classes, one about astrology and one about tarot because astrology is such a huge blind spot for me. It's wild to think about that being like probably 2019. Was that when you were in LA? I think it, it was like... 2019 or 2018. I don't oh even remember, but it's been a minute. It's been mm -hmm. so long. But even that, you know, sitting in that room, listening to you talk about astrology was the first time that I realized that the astrology chart is a literal map of the sky. I had never comprehended that distinction ever in my life before that moment. <laughs> I'm glad I was able to point that out. I love astrology. I I actually came to astrology before I came to tarot. Oh, and so astrology, I learned. I started learning the lingo really early on. I was 15, and I came into tarot like a few months after I, I learned about astrology, uh, or began studying astrology. I should say it like mm -hmm. that. You never stop learning, mm -hmm. and so I feel astrology is very 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 helpful and yeah you know your natal chart and i i've explained this on other podcasts your natal chart really gives you a map for mm -hmm. who you are and how you can operate in the world best mm -hmm. and the current transits in the sky are kind of like the traffic and so yeah. now you know how the traffic is rolling and you can figure out how to drive through it 
Right. And if you get stuck in traffic, well, tarot will show you all the detours. Oh, so they work. Excellent yeah. metaphor. They work <laughs> together so incredibly totally. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's such a good sort of comparison to make because I do think that a lot of our listeners are very confident or becoming very confident in tarot, but sometimes it seems like that still is an area where we'll get questions like, how can I incorporate stuff more? And I really liked this book that we're talking about specifically today, Twist Your Fate, Manifest Success with Astrology and Tarot, because it to me at least, feels way easier to approach these things thinking about professional stuff. There's a little bit less emotion involved. So you can see sort of your career path more objectively and Mm -hmm. see the links between how you can utilize astrology and tarot to get places with that. Whereas I feel like with like love life stuff or whatever, there's so much baggage involved with that, that it can feel a little bit more like you're not as willing to accept new information, but with the professional stuff, it's such a good, almost neutral place to kind of get started with seeing those comparisons. You're totally right about that. And also, you know, I, I've worked a lot with people uh, about their career and about their businesses. I actually work with a lot of, over the years, a lot of business people, which might Mm -hmm. surprise folks, but a lot of people in business are, you know, they're looking for other things they can uh, use to help make really good decisions. Right. And I mean, I apply it to my business yeah. and uh, it works. And so one of the reasons why I wanted to write this book is number one, I wanted to show people, look, you can work with both these tools and mm-hmm. you can learn them both. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like to say I'm a Gemini. So of course I can do two things at the same time. <laughs> uh, I want people to see also about applied astrology and applied yes. tarot because mm-hmm. here's the deal. You've got plenty of books. I mean, I've got two books that tell people the basics on astrology and tarot. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be, you know, Astrology for Real Life, A No BS Guide for the Astro Curious, and Tarot No Questions Asked, Master and Art of Intuitive Reading. Which Those we give you loved. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Those give you all the basics. And now it's like, well, what do I do with it? And so right. this book is all about, well, this is what you do with it in regards to your career, your life purpose, and navigating some of the tricky things that you might uh, experience in life. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and that's you why have, I wrote the book. Right. And then you did Tarot for Troubled Times, which is one of my like most transformational tarot books I've ever owned, mm-hmm. which is also sort of for a specific time period of your life. Like when you're going through troubled times, that's the perfect thing to pick up for sort of like general troubles. This is a perfect thing to pick up you know really in your Saturn return when you're like what am I doing with my life like what's going on which is so funny because even though I already knew that stuff kind of like reading the book and reflecting about when we started this podcast when like all of the tarot stuff started for both me and Esther was right at that time period like I think yeah like 28 and 29 Mm -hmm. when we started Mm -hmm. the podcast and so it's just so fun to like use some of the exercises especially in the astro section to bring some of those things into sharper relief Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, when I was looking through it, I was like, man, you know, a lot of the conversations that I have with my students, because again, I'm an academic advisor. So I meet with college students all day, every day talking about how to both achieve their academic goals, but also like what they think that will do for them in the uh-huh. long term, like what their actual goals are. And one mm-hmm. of the common tools of that is saying like, you know, it's not so much choosing what specific job you want, but what you would like to be doing in your job. Like, do you want to be working with people? Do you want to be left alone? Do you want to work nights and weekends? Do you want to only have a traditional nine to five? Like all of Mm -hmm. those sorts of conversations. But one of the things that we also sometimes ask is like, when you were a kid, what did you think that you'd be doing now? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when a I great was, question. Yeah. Because it's sort of like, that will give you some insight into like an ideal. And even so in my example, what I wanted to do when I was a kid was be a hairdresser. And now I'm an <laughs> academic advisor. And initially, you know, you wouldn't think that they're that connected, but the things that I'm doing is I'm having appointments with people all day. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to them about their lives. I'm hearing about their desires and loves and what's frustrating them. And then when they're leaving, they've like accomplished something. They can move forward with their day. And it's sort of these like <laughs> little things. And then when look, reading through the book, I was like, oh, based on some of my placements, doing this specific job was both aligned with what I thought I wanted to do as a small child and also aligned with what I actually do as an adult. (laughs) And it's cool to have those reflection exercises, even if I weren't feeling like I'm very confident that my career is the right one for me. But if I weren't using some of the tools at the beginning of the book about using astrology and your placements and stuff to help Mm -hmm. figure that out would be so beneficial. And I sort of don't know how I can work this into my actual job, but I think it would benefit so many of my students. (laughs) Well, you know, young folks love astrology. They really do. And it can be a fun thing to explore with them. Uh, I mean, I'm a really big believer in that. Uh, And I know for myself, you know, by the way, I wanted to be a makeup artist when I was very young. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my goals. And, you know, I love makeup. I love playing with makeup. And you know, what is makeup all about? It is about really making you feel beautiful. And I do feel like tarot and astrology in a way do the same thing. Mm -hmm. When you really work with them, your life can become beautiful. You start to feel more confident. You start to feel good about yourself. It's like putting on some red lipstick, which is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's almost like also there's part of it about being seen as who you feel like you are and makeup can do that. And so can understanding yourself more deeply through astrology when we understand ourselves and also understand the people around us and Mm -hmm. what we need and where our talents lie listen life does get a lot better a lot lot better even just because Uh, it makes more sense well it also makes you more aware yeah but this is the big thing because a lot of people and I, i say this all the time they walk through life they sleepwalk through life yeah they'll go along with what is like standard you know, like, oh, you should be a doctor or you mm-hmm. should be a lawyer. And then they're miserable. And all totally. of a sudden 40 comes along and the planets get really gnarly and they're like, okay, time for a midlife <laughs> crisis. Yep. Now what do you want to do? <laughs> you know, so we mm-hmm. have to be more awake at the wheel. And I think astrology and tarot for that matter, they help folks to be conscious about where they are, how they got there, yeah. what's up ahead and what other choices might be better suited for them. Well, and I also think that utilizing the nodes, which is an area that I was Mm -hmm. not super comfortable with, that is explained so well in this book that I actually had a moment of like looking through the Libra Midheaven section and being like, oh, oh, like even now I was like having (laughs) Uh all of these realizations about myself because I think that that sort of like, I think pop culture is enough into astrology that everyone sort of knows their big three. Like we all are super confident about our big three, but I think that it's really easy to feel so overwhelmed by the additional things that you can feel kind of like you're drowning. But if you focus Mm -hmm. on the nodes and the big three, even that, which is kind of the format of the beginning of the astrology section of your book, it's like those five things even can help you with this career stuff so significantly. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about, again, figuring out work and a life path and a purpose that's right for you. 
Yeah. And I believe everybody has a purpose. You know, sometimes I, I remember back in the day when I used to read for the public, which I don't anymore. Sometimes I would work with stay at home moms mm-hmm. and stay at home dads. And sometimes they would say, well, I don't work, you know, like almost with a voice of shame about it. Yeah. I'm like that's work. This is what yeah. you're here to do. You've got a cancer midheaven. What do you think that's all about? Mm-hmm. You are here to nurture the future humans so don't be looking at that as a negative that's a purpose too we all have a purpose we just have to make sure we find one that makes us happy and your purpose can change too you know here's the other thing with your astrology chart it has it's not just one note it's not Mm -hmm. like well looks like you're going to be hosting this podcast holly and us there (laughs) there may be (laughs) there might be a lot of other things that you can do or that you want to do and you can look at how that lines up and find out the best way to make to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, my thing is that I'm always like, how do I get every single person in my life's full natal charts done? Like, wanna, <laughs> oh my God. I yes. have access to all of them. I have so many questions about all of my coworkers and I think knowing their birth time would really help. <laughs> it's such a good thing to do because you know what? Here's the thing. When you understand other people's birth charts, there's a couple things to look at. If it's somebody that, I mean, first of all, to get along with people, I always want to look at their moon because I want to see their emotional makeup and I want to make sure that I don't violate that, that I am being really conscious. I mean, my daughter's Mm -hmm. got a moon in Taurus. It's the opposite of my moon. So right away, that means we might have tension together. Mm -hmm. Her moon in Taurus though, which is a very lovely moon says, listen, all this person needs is they need to feel secure yeah they need to feel not threatened they need to feel like you are going to be reliable and so I know for my daughter I cannot flake out on her I can flake out on my son he's got a moon in Gemini he's not gonna care (laughs) he He doesn't even notice He's he's like, book- yeah, I mean, oh, he double books all the time. So yeah. for him, if I flake out, he's going to be okay. You'll be like, yeah, whatever. I was busy yeah. too. But for her, it's really important not to violate that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you understand these things, it's like, oh my God, of course. And it's same like when you hire people, you look at their moon and say, okay, this person does not like being out in public. Let's not put them at the front desk. Right. Let's have them doing the behind the scenes things or find a way to incorporate things that are going to give them that feeling of Mm -hmm. this is going to be giving you your privacy and you're all cool. So it saves a lot of trouble when you understand the moon. And then You know, when it comes to a romantic relationship, we want to keep the moon in mind, but also Venus and Mars. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to our enemies, then we always want to know they're Mars. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Always. Yeah. So my Mars is in Gemini. And when I was in graduate school, there was a guy in my cohort who would always call me his nemesis jokingly. And I think because my Mars is in Gemini, I just like didn't, I've never had an enemy ever in my whole entire life. And I also can't hold a grudge at all. It just like move on really really fast and <laughs> yeah. I kind of attribute that to my Mars being in Gemini I'm like eh, whatever <laughs> but you know Mars and Gemini when they go to war they go to war with words they're the one who's gonna say that one quip and suddenly you feel like an ass <laughs> that's I the thing destroy. they can say, they can say that one withering word and it's mm-hmm. like oh my god I'm owned yeah I'm owned. And, you know, so that's the one thing that a Mars and Gemini can do. And I've got a really good girlfriend who's got a Mars and Gemini, and she is brutal with her tongue. If oh. you piss her off, so you know, let's not get her mm-hmm. mad because you're going to be told the one thing you do not Yeah, like. she's not going to pull any punches. No. Yeah. 
Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I feel like I already, I should just buy the Unlimited Time Passages app because I'm spending like $2 <laughs> every time I meet anyone new to run charts for people. Yeah, no, get the Unlimited one. I've got the app. I've got the software. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always want to know what is somebody's makeup. I want to yeah. know it. And it's not for any kind of like nefarious reasons. I just right. want to make sure that, again, that I'm going to show up and be respectful right. so we can have a good, healthy relationship. Exactly. If you and matter. has such different needs. Like, Esther has her moon and rising both in cancer and Esther's cancer moon can be really like removed. Like she does the crab thing of just like fully, (laughs) fully removing herself from the situation. And since mine is in Capricorn, I don't, I'm not focused on other people's needs as much. (laughs) So I'll be like, Hey, Esther has been super absent lately. I wonder if she's okay. And it's like, her (laughs) life is literally falling apart, but she hasn't felt like up for talking about it with anyone. (laughs) But like, that's the thing. Like also because like basically Capricorn is the opposite of cancer. That's okay to leave me alone. I need to grab it out, you know, and that's why I appreciate it. It's like, sure. Thank you for letting me wolf, like cave this alone and let me gather myself to then come out when I want to. Exactly. (laughs) Right. I'll let you know if I need it. (laughs) That's super, super important for moon and cancer and moon and cancer can be moody. So sometimes also people who live with the moon and cancer have to not take it personally. It's like, okay, Uh they're in a mood. It's okay. Let them be in that mood. Let them work that stuff out. And then when they're ready, Mm -hmm. they're going to come out of that little crab shell. They're going to tell you why they're pissy and it's all good. I mean, I've got a moon in Scorpio and moon in Scorpio, which by the way, is considered the worst moon. One of the things that (laughs) it's not one of the people, one of the things that people who live with me have to understand is I need a lot of time alone. And that's not a diss on you. It doesn't mean I don't like you. And I've got friends. I won't see them for like years and it's not a diss. It's like, I spent a lot of time alone. I mean, I love to be alone. I'm married and it's like, I've got my whole little office set up down here. It's like, dude, stay the hell out of my office. (laughs) And it's, again, it's not a diss. And so the Mm -hmm. people who love me know, oh, mom just needs to be alone. It's not because she's mad at me. Mm -hmm. And I rarely get mad at people. I'm just, I like being, I like my own company. Let me do my own thing. And so that, but, but in previous relationships, uh, when I was with other partners before I, I connected with my husband, I would have people that would really freak out about that. Yeah. Like, what is wrong? What's wrong? And it's like, nothing's wrong. I just want to be alone. Can I have my right. space on the couch? Move over. Let yeah, me have here. my space. Uh, well, and sometimes uh-huh. if people are not or don't understand or are receptive to those sorts of like, you know, we can attribute this trait to where your moon is. They just think that you're being like, like lying basically like there is yes. something wrong and you're just not telling me and you're like no mm-hmm, truly, exactly. there isn't anything wrong it's just so interesting i feel like scorpio placements in general people are like this is the hard one oh. but i love scorpios but my son <laughs> oh is my a Taurus, so that makes sense yeah. i love a scorpio <laughs> i i'm the defender of all scorpios i uh, people <laughs> hear me say this all the time because scorpios i'm telling you you read in astrology, anytime I read on astrology, I'm like, this is terrible. And Scorpios I are, I mean, number one, they're all psychic. Who wouldn't want to uh-huh. be around a damn Scorpio for that? <laughs> and they're loyal. Scorpios yeah. are loyal. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you cannot put a price tag on loyalty. No, no period. No. Not at all. Our friend Anna is a Scorpio and she's just like the most Scorpio of all Scorpios. And she's, she's married to a Taurus, which is a great balance for them. And the things that she'll like, 
help me with because uh, like I said, I'm not somebody who's like very good at remembering when I've been wronged. <laughs> I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. so grateful for somebody to be there to be like, Holly, remember this. <laughs> yeah. Like, Stand up for yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a Scorpio never forgets if you've, no, if you've no. been kind, but they never mm. forget if you've wronged them. They will yeah. remember that. And by the way, cancers are like that too. And people with strong cancerian placements. If you hurt a cancer or Scorpio, 50 years later, they will remember the sweater they were wearing when you did it. Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. in, in your class that I attended, you were talking about how understanding your daughter's chart really helped with your like parental relationship. And it made me yes. think of how, like in my household, my dad and my brother are both, uh, are both fire signs and my mom and my sister are both cancers and understanding the familial chart stuff makes it way easier to kind of like relate within your family I'm the only earth sign but also my mom is such a grudge holder that I I like ran into somebody that I went to elementary school with at the grocery store a couple of weeks ago and when we left and I was visiting my parents and my mom was like man she was so awful to you when she first moved here and I was like I think she first moved here in second grade but thanks, thanks Tina I appreciate the support she was like, that's hilarious so mad about this girl being mean to me when I was an eight-year-old but that is 35 that is such Scorpio energy you know many many years ago I was doing readings at a bar and some chick came in and it was a girl that I went to high school with and she was awful I went to grade school high school she was terrible Mm -hmm. she's like all like acting like oh my god I'm a changed individual and we're like she's like oh after you're done doing these readings let's get a drink I'm like oh okay now here's here's where you see my moon in Scorpio. So we're sitting down having a drink, and all of a sudden I looked at her and said, "So now you can tell me why were you such a bitch to me in school?" <laughs> Perfect. And yes, she I... was like, "Well, I'm a very direct person," and she yeah. was like floored, and she goes, I, "I don't know, you were quiet and smart," and I'm like, "That's oh. such bogus shit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is nope. some bullshit. <laughs> but I'm glad you asked because I think yes. that that's like really kind of crucial. I have a friend who has this theory that if you haven't seen anyone in five years, you can assume that they've like transformed in some way, but all of that has to be situational, not like mm-hmm. who they are as a person. And that was exactly what you're giving this girl an opportunity to say, Oh, I was going through X, Y, and Z. <laughs> and that's why I was a fish in high school. And instead she just was like, Oh no, I'm a bully. Like you were a yeah. weird kid and I was going to be mean to you no matter what. <laughs> yep. And you know, the thing is for me, it's like, um, here's again, Moon and Scorpio stuff. It's like, even if we're cool and having this drink, we're never going to be cool because you were right. a bitch. Yeah. yeah. We're not friends. <laughs> we're never going to be cool. Once you've broken that trust, it can't be repaired. Like, right. No. And you'll see that with people who have like a strong fixed nature in their chart, like Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, or Aquarius, but also cancer. Yeah. Those will be the ones that if you've done something, we might even forgive you. Hell, we might. But you never get really in again. You're done. No. You're yeah. kind of done. Mm-hmm. We, we see you now. Now we see you. <laughs> right, right. And that's it. And it's too right. late. Like, now that we've seen it, you're not ever coming back from this. I yep. think it's that, for me, it's that Maya Angelou quote like once people show you who they are believe them like yeah. you've showed you showed it to me in the fourth grade I believe you even today when we're 47 <laughs> you know like yeah I trust yep. you yeah there, yeah there are a couple of different moments in the book where you do the ostracize of like just writing down your own stuff and even mm-hmm. that is just so helpful so you can mm-hmm. say see like okay my son is a fixed earth my moon is a cardinal earth and my ascendant is a cardinal earth so that's like look at all that cardinal 
yeah. just yep. in my big three. It's just so helpful to like have to go through the process of actually finding it. And that also gives you so much more confidence in reading your true chart rather than yes. on relying on something like CoStar or whatever, where they lay it out for you. Mm-hmm. Because once you can read your chart, it's like yeah. so much easier to understand oh my what's God, going on. Yes. And to visualize the transits and stuff. Yeah. Once you understand the basics and there's just, there's really um, just four basic things you need to know. The planets, the signs, Mm -hmm. the houses, and the aspects. Mm -hmm. Everything else is based on that. The transits, solar return charts, Mm -hmm. solar arc charts. uh, I I mean, uh, the solar arc progressions, uh, secondary progressions, all this complicated stuff. It still goes right back to those basics. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that that astrology for real life goes into that in so much depth. So if people yep. are, if listeners are thinking like, you know, I should do, get more into this, definitely get that for sure. Yes. But also this new book, Twist Your Fate is so helpful and kind of like a abbreviated version of bringing those things together. And if you want to do the true depth, which you should, then astrology mm-hmm. for real life was so readable and like, yes, helpful. The, the worksheet component of it was like incredibly beneficial for just like, getting thoughts down and having an easy place to see stuff. So you're not mm-hmm. so preoccupied with trying to read your chart that you're like not able to like conceptualize the bigger picture of everything. Cause you're just like, Oh, what glyph looks like what? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. And you know, the experiential things are the best way to learn yes. for astrology and tarot. You don't learn tarot by reading a book. That's why I put mm-hmm. a lot of exercises in, uh, Terrible questions asked too. Mm -hmm. You got to have exercises that make you think, that make your brain work in different ways. You don't absorb it. And I mean, even the tarot coloring book, it's like, look, now you're coloring all those symbols. What are you seeing? You need experiential things. And you also, if you're doing tarot or astrology, doing your own chart and your own cards is awesome. You're going to learn a lot about yourself and about tarot and astrology. But when you start reading for people, Mm-hmm. and practicing with many many different people yeah that's when you start really building your skills so an yes. experiential approach is super important mm-hmm. yeah I think that that's one of the things that we get feedback from about our question answering portions of our podcast it's kind of similar to the like multitude of examples that you include in your books where you're showing example mm-hmm. readings for both as, like astrology and for tarot and then walking through how you would read it. I think that beginners who are not yet confident to ask people if they'd like their charts read or their cards read, it's helpful to read through how others would read it just so that you yes. kind of can see the like first step, second step sort of modality of how people go into readings. But you're totally right. Reading for other people is so key. I wonder yeah. if people are feeling like they're getting less of that because we're not hanging out in bars and like, or going to parties and asking if people need readings and stuff the way that we used to. Well, you know, here's the thing about that. I mean, many, many years ago, and now this is where I get to sound like many years ago. Back in the day. <laughs> you know, I've been, I've been reading professionally for over 30 years at this time. I'm almost 60. Yeah. I'm getting ready to go into my second Santa return like next mm-hmm. year. Exciting. So I'm getting up there. I've been doing this a very long time. I've been reading tarot and astrology charts for over 40 years wow 10 years before i even went pro and back in the day what did you do you did the parties you had people Mm -hmm. come into your office Mm -hmm. uh i did a lot of uh like little events and you read in occult shops and all of that uh which by the way none of that ever really suited me very well uh because of my moon and scorpio really likes to be again alone yeah so 
uh, what ended up happening one day is I had one of my elderly clients called me and she said, listen, I really want a reading, but I broke my hip. I'm never going to be able to get back up those stairs. Mm. Can you try doing it over the phone for me? And I said, oh. well, yeah, let's try it. I mean, this was a long time ago, so I yeah. did it. And she was so pleased that her and her friends who used to always have me come over parties, they're like, we don't need to have parties anymore. We don't need to come up to your office. You can just call us. Yeah. And so I ended up then starting to do a lot of uh, a lot of readings over the phone for my elderly clients or for my clients who, you know, had disabilities. Yeah. And then I put up a website and suddenly I'm doing email readings and phone mm-hmm. readings and less and less in person. Yeah. And I got to say, you know, I started making the transition then well before COVID where I stopped mm-hmm. doing readings in person completely, put everything over the phone. There were some people who got mad and they thought it was really awful, but you know what? <laughs> Most people didn't care because it worked in some ways it worked better because here's the deal. When you're doing it over the phone, number one, you don't have someone usually running late. People yeah, show up on time right. when it's on the phone. The other thing is, is there's no distractions. I can right. just do my intuitive work without mm-hmm. somebody interrupting. I mean, people tend to listen better when they're on the phone. Yeah. Um, it, they're, they usually by themselves. They don't bring their, their friend in who's in the corner, <laughs> like fretting and eating popcorn while I'm trying to do this. There's mm-hmm. way less distraction. And now the intuition can completely take over. I don't have to see you fiddling with your wedding ring. I don't get to see anything. And that also really helps me to be purely intuitive. You know, I know a lot of people do Zoom. And even when the Zoom came out for readings, I'm like, no, I want to have this thing where I have nothing to to distract me, nothing to go on. So that way it is, again, purely me looking at the cards, how they're going together and feeling out what it means for this person. So I loved phone readings. I thought they were way more effective. Maybe phone. So when Esther and I first, when Esther first started reading, one of the, actually the way that we kind of like came together before the podcast was even started was that we were offering readings in a Facebook group which is like so very 2016 of us. We were like in a Facebook group. There was like a true crime Facebook group. And we were like, if anyone wants a reading, let us know. And we were doing like hundreds of readings one weekend where it was the the three of us, me, Esther, and one other friend. And we were just doing reading after reading after reading. And all of them were like via Facebook messenger. Messenger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was really helpful because of the volume, but yep. typing stuff out was kind of a pain. Oof, and I, yeah. when we wrote our book, our uh, history of tarot art book, I dictated all of my chapters initially, and then just edited from there because I'm so much more confident verbally than I am mm-hmm. with my typing writing. Like it just flows so much better. So I wonder if I were doing the same thing now, if I would do voice memos or try oh, to yes. do a phone call probably mm-hmm. voice memos will work great and i gotta i gotta tell you mary greer mary Kay greer and rachel pollock of course are the you know the tarot legends yes. Yes. But mary mary yes. greer had written a blog post and everyone should find this blog post because so many people say well when should i go pro and she's got this thing about this rite of passage that you should do and i think i might have even mentioned it in tarot no questions asked where you volunteer to work at some event and then you do reading after reading after reading yeah. after reading. And that will help, number one, build chops, but also to see if mm-hmm. you're really ready to read for the public. Right. And I remember reading that and like, oh, my God, because before I went pro, I had read already for about 10 years, but I started reading at the bar where I was bartending. Mm-hmm. 
And so I'm doing reading after reading after reading, rapid fire while slinging yeah. drinks and bringing burgers to the people sitting at the bar. That yeah, really fun. <laughs> oh my so god, it was horrible. <laughs> but it, you know what? You get your chops in really fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell. You learn how to like read. I mean, you you have to be really intuitive. It really sharpens right. your instincts. So. I mean, you those are the types of think it if you have no. such a limited amount right. of time. No. And there are people who are out there who are professional and I'm not going to be naming names or anything like that. They, they went <laughs> we would pro. never ask you to. They <laughs> went pro way before their time. They're way more concerned with their online brand than they are about honing their craft. Yeah. And I know for a fact they're doing mostly like email readings. And yeah. they're using the book. And so you think you're getting this great reading from someone who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They've got plenty of time to fiddle around. And I mean, not that there's anything totally wrong with that. But before you go pro, you need to make sure that book is put aside. Yeah. That you don't need to rely on that. And that if, that you can sit down at that table with me and you can yeah. deliver. Yeah. And it there are people who are, it really yeah. messes with an intuitive flow if you're like double checking everything. And I think yes. it's really easy yes. when you're new to be like, I just want to make sure I'm right. But honestly, if you're, if you're used to using your intuition and you, I think a, a card set that I used to really always get confused with would be like the five and six of cups in my brain. I just would like transpose them and their meanings for some reason, but there's enough of like an overlap because it's this whole storytelling thing where if my gut is saying more of a six of cups vibe, even though I'm looking at the five of cups, that's ultimately probably yep. okay. in the context yeah. of everything else. And if, if I've been probably a reason. it and reading it, then I would yep. be probably like misdirecting the energy that I'm actually getting and kind of messing up the reading in some ways. Yep. I mean, these are all things that you should be able to have the confidence to sit down and read before you go pro. It's yeah. same like with astrology. I mean, I know people who have gone professional way before they should, and they don't know how to read an ephemeris. Now I'm mm. old school, even though I got all the software, you know, my ass will always look at that ephemeris before I even go to the software how because my brain works. <laughs> is it, is that to really look at an ephemeris? Yeah. Oh, if well, here's the thing. I don't lay out a chart by hand anymore. Okay. Okay. Because I, it's like the software is going to be way more accurate. Right. That's but what true. I'm talking about, if I want to look up a transit, let's say, oh, I better see what's going on with Uranus today. Mm-hmm. I rarely go to the software. I'll just go right away and I will look at the ephemeris. And oh, I'm right. like, oh, okay, this is what degrees is in. It's in Taurus. And I can so like cool. do the math in my head. Yeah. So if, for example, I have someone's chart in front of me and I want to figure out a transit, sure, you can whip it up like that. But I find sometimes it's much, much faster for me to um, uh, whip out that ephemeris. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've gotten a couple of professional astrology readings done, but all by the same person who I loved. She did such a great job. Um, but it's still like I I know that sometimes people mistake their deep love of astrology with a need to share that gift with the world. And the same thing with tarot or really anything. I think millennials are like specifically known for doing this. Like anytime we really yes. love something, <laughs> we suddenly want to monetize it like immediately. But there's people totally in my people you. in my age group too that do that. So don't yeah. be fooled. Don't be <laughs> pointing the finger at the millennials. I love millennials. <laughs> I know because I <laughs> I see people plenty of people they'll pick up like a tarot deck or take a six week course and then they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm ready to go pro. It's like you don't have to monetize your hobby. Number one right. and number right. two. Okay, if you're gonna go pro, 
and you're going to read tarot, then I want you to sit down and read for me. And you got to see people start shaking in their boots because they know <laughs> that I understand tarot and astrology. Although some yeah. people don't assume that I know as much about astrology as I do. Uh, sometimes I'll, I mean, really seriously, sometimes I'll have an astrologer <laughs> do oh. a reading for me. And I've had this happen a few times. Now I have my go-to people, but I would have an astrologer say, um, you understand astrology, right? And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm actually just fluent. Just because my name is the tarot lady doesn't mean that's all I do. <laughs> yes. You can speak all the astro babble you want. Yeah. I get mm-hmm. it. You right. know, but uh, I, I've got a couple astrologers that I work with. I love getting astrology readings, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I get a reading from Sam Reynolds every year on my birthday. He's oh, so yes. good. I like, I love oh, Sam. my God. He's love so Sam. <laughs> he does not mess around. And then also no. I get a reading by Ann Orderly once a year. Oh. Those are like the two that I seem to have really, really good luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I love Rebecca Gordon. Oh, my God. Oh, Her yeah. perspective and mine are similar. Mm-hmm. And so we've got a lot of similar perspective. And I, I just think she's... Happens. She's so smart and she's got such a great way of teaching. And there's a new astrologer that I really like, uh, Celeste Brooks. And I think that's somebody also for people to kind of keep an eye on because Mm -hmm. she is just such a rising star. That's so So amazing. Esther's writing so all these people down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they'll be in the going sh- through, like, <laughs> they'll be in the show notes, but also Esther's be show been notes. going through a such major, major life changes over the last nine months. Like everything yes. just collapsing and it's being a, it's rebuilt. a 12th house year. So that probably Ooh. will close. And it's in Gemini. So it's, do you know who would be the best astrologer for you on that? Oh, no. Who? Colin Bedell from Queer oh, Cosmos. Okay, yes. A, I love, he's a I Gemini. Uh-huh. And B, he's really good at rooting out those deep, deep stuff. I had a reading for him and I'm like, oh my God, this guy is like doing psychology on me. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. But he's such a pro. He's so, so good. Yes. I mean, those are, are some, some of my favorite yes. like YouTube, just quick overviews of everything. He's so yes. charming. His, his personality shines through so amazingly. Those mm-hmm. are some of the astrologers that I'm like, wow. I mean, I yeah. usually tend to get astrology readings instead of tarot readings because most people flip out when I sit down at a tarot table. So I'm like, <laughs> astrologers will underestimate me. So at least then I could be there and just get the damn reading. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. But like tarot by Hillary, Hillary Perry Haggerty, she's very, very good Mm -hmm. she's amazing she's a younger reader she's i think well i think now she's 40 she is so good i think 3 a.m tarot meg jones wall is brilliant i think cassandra snow brilliant there's some really a new book that's coming out about using the empress it's also by wiser or being oh my god her i just got it in the mail (laughs) <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. It's one of my favorite. I'm very enthusiastic about that book. You know, it's so funny because when I got a copy of the book, I'm like, damn, I wish I would have written this book. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. wise. She's it's we've, wise. We've reviewed another one of her. Oh, the, was it the modern tarot? Is that? What yes. I think the modern tarot is oh, no, the one that. Michelle T. Oh, the that's Shel- Michelle, oh, Michelle T. T's version. Uh, Cassandra Snow wrote Queering the Tarot. Right. Oh yes, 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 yes. That's right. We reviewed that on the podcast too, and she's her writing is just so good, and she does really good exercises too of like walking yep. you through how to yeah. do readings. So yeah. I I got the Empress one I think on Thursday from Wiser they mailed it to me, so I cannot oh, wait to read that. I'm really it's excited so about it. good. I'm yeah. telling you, I was like, I wish I would have written this book. 
that's that's how I'm not we know it's kidding. good yeah yeah, yeah exactly. i'm not kidding i would when it comes to tarot and astrology books you know i do love all the stuff that's really like the foundational stuff but i also like it when every once in a while someone comes along like cassandra snow yeah. uh elliot elliot adam wrote fearless tarot that's another really good one um i love it when people come out with those books it gives me a new perspective i'm going to think about it i'm going to process it i mean colin bedell wrote queer cosmos too yes uh, i thought it was a very important book it talks about the lgbtq plus experience and i think every reader mm -hmm. even if you are not gay you should have that book you should understand that perspective if you want to be a good astrologer i think yes. that's an essential book Yes. You know, and yes. it, it opened my mind. It's like, oh my God, thank you for writing this. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I loved about this book, because you ha you've had like an astrology topical book, you've had tarot topical books, and this one kind of blends them both together. And I yep. just even loved seeing like where you had the astro size of putting the tarot cards where they're supposed to be in your chart. Yes. And that was that was like I've I've known my tarot cards for things, you know, it it comes up in certain things, but to see them in the chart was I don't want to say it was transformatal. It was it was just very like like eye-opening. Uh, yeah, that's the word yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Very eye-opening well, of like, oh, it's here. Oh, this is what this where is. That is. And yes. it also helps bring in all of the archetypes that we're so familiar with as tarot yes. readers more clearly and visually into an astrology chart, which is cool. Mm -hmm. absolutely and that's one of the reasons that's an exercise i love doing uh and you know if you have like a stellium that means a bunch of planets in one sign you might <laughs> yes. want to grab a couple different tarot decks mm -hmm. but it's so cool when you do it all of a sudden if you start laying out the whole chart and then start laying out transits i mean you get this beautiful it's a, like a mandala is what i like to think mm -hmm. of it that's like so, and for yeah, visual true. people mm -hmm. especially people who have trouble with the symbols in in astrology put a tarot yeah. card to it now you get it. Yes, yeah. yes. Because I, that's now how I it. am. Because like through the whole thing, I'm I'm on my iPad, so I'm taking notes on in one app and reading in another app. And like I have to have it visually in front of me to understand. Just words don't make sense in my brain. I need to visually see it. So when you were like, you make your own chart, here you go. And I'm like, oh, oh okay, I, I think I can do this. And I was able to do it. And it makes much more sense if that's your learning style or if that's like how you work with the world is to do the yep. tarot cards visually, to do all the planets visually. And, and I just loved it. Boosting. Like yeah. you're getting a confidence boost because it's something that you're being led through with a really well-written book. So you're mm -hmm. not feeling like you're just guessing. So you can yeah, kind of exactly. get somewhere with it. Yeah. Right. And we also did an example of that, this process with Dolly Parton's chart. Yes. Oh, in, so <laughs> I love good. Dolly Parton. Yes. Oh I my God. I duty when I was reading that section. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you know, it was, it's good because then once again, now here's a public figure. Mm -hmm. Here's her chart. Yeah. Thank God Dolly's got her time of birth out there. Yes. And here's, <laughs> now let's put the tarot into it. And when you see like the devil and you think, oh my God, well, she is kind of devilish she's kind of mm -hmm. naughty she's got some mischief and i mean it really brings her chart to life and yeah. it also makes you see the the devil card yeah in a completely mm -hmm. new light now yes yeah yes. which esther's a big proponent for the devil <laughs> card she feels like it's so very misunderstood well, and she's I, a... I, I grew up in a very conservative christian culty environment so the devil was always you know the bad guy the and devil. to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> the scariest to me, possible thing 
like the evilest thing that you can imagine who's always out to get you and to me there are good points to having that sort of personality or archetype interacting in your life you know it doesn't need to be you know no pun intended demonized all the time you know things don't always have to be bad and the good things don't always have to be good either so and bad things are sometimes good yes they feel good you know it's so funny that you say that because i grew up in a in a very religious catholic household Mm -hmm. also very superstitious psychic household but i remember when i was a little girl my mother used to always talk about how you need to fear god and i'm like and i was so you know Number one, I was a rebel from an early age, but I remember one time she was going off on this thing about that, and I was a little girl, and I said, well, if he's scary, I'm not going to believe in him. <laughs> and she got really mad at me, oh, but they were so making—I mean, they were making it sound like it's really super scary, mm-hmm. and I don't think kids really need that. Let's no. let's not scare them anymore. I mean, we got plenty of things like horror movies and this other stuff to get us scared. Yeah, don't right. be making us scared of spiritual things. Yeah, what the? I mean, right. come on now. Yeah, yeah. And I think with evangelicalism, they want kids to be scared of like the rapture and and yeah. actual hell, and it's just like not cool i don't think that's cool to bring no. into kids lives it well, seems really I know. more damaging than anything else i mean telling <laughs> telling a kid that they're going to go to hell if they do this or that mm-hmm. and yeah. conjuring up these these fearsome images kids don't need that they've got plenty of other things to be scared of now right. school shootings oh, and yeah. crap like that Absolutely. going on Mm-hmm. And especially with like maybe the devil card specifically, it's like if you are raised to think that you that hell is a real thing you need to be constantly worried about, the minute you find something that's bad that feels good, then you consider yourself lost already. Like, why yeah. would I not stop doing the bad thing that feels good if it's too late for me anyway and I'm already mm-hmm. going to hell? So it just seems like there's not like the whole point of that card is to sort of like, or for me often when it comes up for me, it's like encouraging a little bit more moderation because I'm not a moderation person whatsoever. So (laughs) it's kind of reminding me like there should be like, you are a little bit not in control of yourself right now, but I think like it's, it's, everyone needs to kind of figure out what their relationship is with that sort of like bad thing that feels good or, you know, bad thing that happens that ends up ultimately being for the best, which I think is one of the interesting things about Esther, your relationship with the devil, just because you've been going through so much in your personal life over the last year. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you know, having your marriage fall apart was not what you wanted, but ultimately it's for the best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes things need to fall apart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things need to go. (laughs) Sometimes we need to go. We need to be like, I am out of here. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And Esther, one of the things we were talking about with just the craziness of all the transits right now that makes the whole world feel oh, like yes. it's falling apart. It's like, every, it seems like there's so many cheating scandals right now. Like this yes. week specifically. This week and I was, specifically. And that was my question was like, Teresa, what is in the sky that is bringing all of this to light? Like <laughs> Mercury retrograde. That's yeah. what I'm, in Libra. Yep. In Libra. In Libra. Libra's yeah. about our relationships. Mm-hmm. And so it started out retrograde in Libra. So for me, I was like, Am I surprised that this stuff is coming out? No. Mm-hmm. It's going back into Virgo. Um, yeah. I think it actually, when is it going back into Virgo? Or maybe it already did. Now my brain is like getting like goofed up, but it's going back into <laughs> Virgo. And so when it goes back into Virgo, well, now we can go back there and clean up that mess we made. Yeah. 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 It's just That's why what... I just feel like the the skies right now, it's really wild to watch how people's lives are being <laughs> It's it's also going to be very wild on election night because we've got Mars mm-hmm. retrograde 
and we've yeah. got an eclipse. Yes, yes. Oh my god. Well, and we had an eclipse of the last one. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I was I volunteered to be a poll worker, but I I live in California, so it's never quite the same <laughs> level of like crisis for midterm elections as it is in places that are more uh tentative about what yeah. they're going to vote for. Yep. My yeah. region is much feels much safer in terms of that. So I think our biggest thing that's in our midterm election is like zoning issues with an old mall that they want to convert <laughs> to something else. A yeah. little bit less stressful than like, should women still have autonomy over their own body? That's what <laughs> yeah. we're dealing with here in Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wisconsin's always kind of an interesting place because yes. it it has a history of being so purple, but I think it's like less and less so. Now. Well, it depends. It depends, mm-hmm. you know, and how you look at it. It was very solidly blue. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it got um, really red. And yeah. then it swung back to like a purple thing. I mean, it's very strange here right now. Yeah. It's very strange. And a lot of it's because of the gerrymandering, which has, yeah. It is the big that's the big problem that we have here is the gerrymandering it's making it so it's not really an accurate representation Mm -hmm. of you know the people who live in wisconsin totally wisconsin always has such a soft spot in my heart because one of my best friends from grad school grew up in mcguanago and so i just like really love wisconsin but it seems like there are some of the coolest cities in wisconsin and it just is kind of slept on yeah Mm mm-hmm Yes. That was one thing that I really enjoyed was like thinking, like getting beyond just your, you know, big three, big five nodes to like the daily transits and also like the fact that there's like a natal return. I've known of like solar returns, but Mm -hmm. my, the ruler in my chart is the moon. I have like Cancer Moon, Cancer Rising, Cancer Mercury. So my chart ruler is overwhelmingly the moon. And so I'm like, oh, my, maybe my natal return is pretty significant every month. And so it to me, it was just like being able to parse through it in a logical way without being overwhelmed with information and then immediately doing an astro size to apply yeah. it. That because I, I have, I have, no, uh, you know, five or six astrology books, but it's just, you know, reading information and not applying it, especially not applying it to myself. And like you said, like you absolutely need that sort of application, like immediately to be able to remember it and then kind of regurgitate that out when, yep. you know, when reading for others. And, and you know, when I do my own stuff, I mean, every year I do a solar return for myself. Every month I like to do a lunar return for myself. Uh, I'm very moon ruled, even though I only have one planet in cancer, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I really follow the moon. I also look at the moon every single day to make decisions about business and how I'm mm. going to show up in that part of my life. So I can like kind of mm. like move with the flow of life. I pay attention to transits. Yeah. Sometimes I'll forget about the transits. Then also I'm like, why is everything so messed up? And I'm both in the trouble. God damn it. <laughs> no, that's why. That's yeah. yeah. I do the same thing with the moon. I'll be like, Oh, that explains everything. My moon yes. for the last two days is suddenly clear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I love mm. looking at these things and then if I'm feeling stuck and if astrology is showing me, okay, the traffic is really jammed up, let me get out my tarot and mm-hmm. let us sit with these cards and they're going to help me process and strategize. Yeah. Yes, yes. They I really like do work when, so well together. 
Yeah. yeah. And when I started paying attention to the moon more, it was when I started feeling like less in conflict with what I wanted to do, like allowing yeah. sort of the moon to help guide me made it so that I didn't feel like I was in constant battle with myself. Like, especially, I don't know, like an example would be, you know, if the moon is in Taurus and I'm trying to get a bunch of stuff done and stuff isn't going well or stuff is taking longer or the things that I thought would go a certain way aren't or whatever, you can beat yourself up for stuff not getting accomplished in the way that you want to. But then Mm -hmm. when you start like being with the moon more and letting the ebbs and flows like Mm -hmm. change the way you're expecting yourself to react to stuff. It's like, suddenly you're not beating yourself up anymore. You're just like going with the flow and the most true, pure sense of the flow. (laughs) And that is the best feeling. And by the way, um, I just realized Mercury went back into Virgo yesterday. Okay. Um, So again, good for cleaning up with the messes, but it totally is true. I mean, it is totally true when you are, you know, I always say this in, in my astrology books is that I grew up with farm folks, farm Mm -hmm. folks followed the farmer's almanac. What is that all about? Well, I'm there this moon. This is when you plant your seeds. This is the one when you go fishing. I mean, farmers knew what was up. They paid attention to that stuff. Why can't we in our modern life also pay attention to this wisdom that's been around forever? Right. It works. It does. It really works. It impacts everything. And I think that's the beauty of having like a specific book that combines these things in terms of career stuff, because we can accept it for life in general or our spiritual life or our romantic life or whatever. But even the practical side of just our actual jobs are so impacted by this. Mm -hmm. And it's so helpful to kind of have you there to lead through all of these internal conversations because yes. it's just a lot to think about. And often we feel like pretty out of control. I think a lot of people feel out of control about their job stuff. And we get questions for the, for Wildly Tarot all the time about career yeah. changes. Mm-hmm. And this is like such a helpful tool if people are considering that to be able to do it with all of the information available to them rather than just feeling like a little bit lost. Yeah. Or even if you're feeling frustrated with not having an outlet, even if it's not for a job change, this would be an excellent book to sort of like being able to hone in on where your strengths are within your chart and what you, how you can apply that. Even if you can't technically move it in your career at the moment, it's getting that frustration out kind of like you feel like you're at odds. Like at the moment, I feel like I'm at odds where if you're working with your chart, you can kind of go with that flow of like, oh, I see now I'm going to, you know, apply it in this way. So it doesn't feel so frustrating or jammed up all the time. Absolutely. That is so, so true. And the best way to really uh, phrase that, you know, many years ago, I took a a quiz called Strength Finders. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people have done that. Yeah. And it shows a lot about what your strengths are. And actually those strengths really kind of mapped out for my astrology chart. My number one strength is relator, which Mm. means I'm really good at forming relationships. That is Libra rising. I'm a Libra rising. And you know, your rising sign has a lot to do with how you show up in the world, but also how you do the work of your sun sign. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so it is like, wow, that actually makes sense. No wonder that comes up. I've got a Libra rising. Um, I've got empathy as a very, as another thing. And it's like, of course, I've got that grand trine in water of course i have empathy as my second strength i mean when you look at these things that any other thing in 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 the world and you compare it to your astrology it's like oh it's all there yeah it's all there 
Mm-hmm. It's so cool. And I, I just think that if our listeners are feeling like they don't know how to get started, this is a really good way to get started. Yes, yes. Because the Thank beginning you. is a lot of exercises and breaking down how to read your chart and what, like, getting it all in one place. And then you can move on from there. And there's so mm-hmm. many good examples of utilizing both to shed clarity. It just is, like, so well done. So you knocked it out of the park, Teresa, as per usual. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. And, yeah. you know, always my goal when I make books is I want to write books that are accessible so people mm. feel that they can understand these things and they can use these tools. Because I think, listen, if you've got an astrology map and a tarot deck in your hands, these really truly are tools that are going to help you get your life on track. I know what it's yeah. like to feel lost. I know what it's like to struggle. Yeah. And I know what it's like to lose these, to, to use these tools to get the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And your acknowledgements, you talk about how you were spending 12 hour days writing this book and it really, <laughs> I'm oh sure God. that that was exhausting and beyond yeah. stressful, but the result feels very worth it for the amount yes. of information and help that you're providing other people. But 12 hour days, Teresa, what a nightmare. <laughs> Oh my God. I know to get that book done because I had a very, uh, had kind of a little bit of a tighter deadline and, uh, I'm writing a book right now and I've had a more generous, uh, deadline. So I'm not doing 12 hour days. I still have some very long days, but not 12 (laughs) hour days. And also because this is book number nine that I'm working on, Mm -hmm. I now know when I work. Yes. Yes. And let me tell you, that makes a huge difference. And I had to learn that Mm -hmm. through writing books. And I'm like, Oh, you really do write better in the afternoon than in yeah. the morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, right. I mean, we've written one book, Esther and I co-wrote a book, and it was like probably one of the most, I guess, self-reflective times <laughs> of my life. Like, I feel like I learned so much about myself through just like the act of writing, not even through the information we were writing about, just like the actual right. act of having this huge task to accomplish and mm-hmm. how that all gets done. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You learn a lot about yourself when you write. Mm-hmm. You learn a lot about one thing I learned about is my anxiety. You know, it's oh, like yeah. when I write and my husband gets so mad at me because I mean, he's such a practical Virgo. Like I'll be like, <laughs> Oh, I hope this book is good. Oh, I hope I did a good job. He goes, why do you do that? Your books are good. You're, they're fine. Stop yeah. doubting yourself. Yeah. You're working yeah. on number nine. Why are yeah. you doing this? If it yeah. wasn't working, you wouldn't be writing another book. And I'm like, I don't okay. know why, but writing will bring out all of those anxieties. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just still remember the first moment when we met our uh, editor and I was like, well, I, I think of her as like a big sister already. Like she's so fantastic. She's going to help us. And then I started doing the thing that I always did as a kid, as a writer, where I was like, man, she's going to think I'm so stupid and bad at this. Like once yes! she reads it, mm-hmm. she's going to think I'm oh my so God. stupid and bad at this. <laughs> I do the same thing. And, you know, I also have a private editor that uh, I hire to look at my stuff because I also have a comma problem and that's their words. They're like, oh, you've got a comma problem. Me too. <laughs> I use them so frequently. Apparently I should be using them a third oh, as much. <laughs> yes, exactly. But you know, what's really funny is I will hand it off to them mm-hmm. and, and we go back and forth with it before I actually give it to my publisher and then the other editor. And this editor always says, why are you doubting yourself? This is really great. I really enjoyed reading it and doing it. I mean, so it's like, yeah. Eh, yeah. gotta <laughs> stop it. Yeah, yeah. The part of your brain that's like, I, everyone's going to know that I'm a total fraud is just the worst <laughs> during the book writing process. Oh. The worst it'll ever be. 
it is it is so anxiety inducing and then you've got to remember all these classes you've taken all the other books mm-hmm. you've read all those teachers that you've worked with yeah. that that is all flowing through your blood and you are out there doing the work and really helping also to bring that forward so writing a book is also really truly when you look at it from this perspective you are honoring all the people that you studied with all those books you've read all those people you learned with i'm honoring that down you're totally right you're totally right. I'm going to write that down. That's really helpful. At some point, yes. we're going to write a second book. I already know it. <laughs> yeah, you will. Oh, no. Of oh, course my. you will. Oh, my. <laughs> Esther has to figure out where she's going to be living. <laughs> yes, it is true. <laughs> I've got to figure my life out first before we uh, we do this. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We'll, but we'll that's why this book comes in handy. That's where this book comes and helps me map out future things. Yeah, manifesting success, girl. You yeah. got this. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Teresa, for chatting with us. This was fantastic. And when the ninth book comes out, we'll have to have you on again. (laughs) I would love that. Absolutely. It's been so much fun to connect. And I'm hoping to get to California again next year. Oh, awesome. It's my mission. So maybe I will actually see you in person next year. I know. I'll keep an eye on your newsletter and social medias and we'll make something happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. And that's our show. Please send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, including a form with which to submit questions to make it even easier. And also, as always, please tell your friends about us and rate review us. It helps us grow. And as always, we really appreciate your reviews and your love that you send our way. Absolutely. You can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community by searching for Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. And also join our Discord server. And we have merch in a Redbubble shop and everything that we've mentioned, links and stuff will oh, be yeah, in the show yeah, notes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We love you so much. We do love you so much. <laughs> <laughs>